because you've got to be able to access those emotions when it matters and when you want to partner an amazing performance or write a, a heartfelt piece of music you kind of it's really difficult to be able to switch that off i would have to get into that mindset of like mm. of of mourning the breakup all over again and then it's kind of then you kind of like open a can of worms and you're off i've met a few people that you know can't do wrong in the public's eye and then you meet them and it's just it's they say never meet your heroes and then and there's a reason for that. When I was younger, did I think that I would be further than I am now? Of course, but that's because I'm ambitious. To an extent, yeah, I thought I would be Justin Bieber by this point, but you know, at the same time, when you grow up, you realise that there's so much more that goes into making these huge stars. And, and you know, fair play to him, Justin Bieber had that from the start. It's going to be a game changer for me. It's probably going to take me to the point, hopefully, where I can be a musician. You know, uh, you know, a fully branded musician. And without inspiration, you don't have anything because yeah. you have to feel inspired to do something in the first place. We often listen to interviews or watch documentaries with famous artists talking about their younger days with the benefit of hindsight. But let me ask you this. How often do we hear the same story told in the present? Imagine you could go back to 1969 and speak to Elton John whilst he was recording his debut album, Empty Sky or Jimi Hendrix and the King's Jam. I have a very special guest today, and not just because he's a good friend of mine, but because he's a very talented singer and songwriter. If you haven't already heard of Harry Hollis, you're about to listen to one of his songs called Glory Days, which he wrote in memory of his best friend who took his own life after suffering from anxiety and depression in silence. What's special about Harry is he uses his artistry to shine light on the importance of being more open about mental health, especially among young adults. On a personal note, it was great to talk to someone who I've seen working so hard and I could really feel his ambition in the conversation. The conversation itself was very raw, unedited, with some very deep moments about life as a musician, which I loved and I know you're all going to enjoy as well. When we recorded this episode, the latest group single, Times Like These, produced by Harry and his friends, wasn't released yet. It was a tribute to the efforts made by the National Health Service during the COVID-19 pandemic here in the UK. I urge you all to give it a listen. Please support the team. You can find the link in the description. But first, on to the episode.
suffering at all, just please talk to somebody. There's plenty of support available out there. Be brave, be positive, and just talk. Don't suffer in silence. Don't suffer in silence. It's good. You should know how to open up. It ain't tough to bottle up when you know there's love. That's enough. Wish you'd known how to open up, open up. I wish you'd known how to open up, getting tall, to bottle up when you know this love that's enough. Wish you'd known how to open up, open up. Thanks, man. Thanks. This um, project that I'm doing with that Alex Harry is is so fucking good. I just um, can we swear on the podcast, by the way? Yeah, yeah, man. Don't worry, don't worry. Go for it. Okay, cool. Um, we're not we're not recording. This isn't part of it, is it? I've started recording, but I'll use whatever. Okay, is. Cool. Um, yeah. So this thing that we're doing is it sounds so good, but I've organised it all. I've got like twenty singers from all over the UK on it. Twenty. Twenty. Uh, and it's it's unreal. Like the last the last like thirty seconds gives you goosebumps. But um, what? So it's finished, yeah. or is it like it's just started? Very nearly finished. Very nearly finished. Yeah, yeah. It's be like that band aid. Uh... Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's a, so the BBC did a cover of of this already um, when we went into lockdown, and we basically just did a cover of a cover, um, but for independent artists because obviously. Yeah, everyone, everyone's been hit by it and, you know, that really sucks. But so have musicians, you know, people that like count on gigs to pay the bills, you know, so we're giving everyone something to do at least, you know, I'm not paying their bills, but we're giving some somebody, all these musicians and artists something to be a part of whilst we're in lockdown. So it's been tough getting everyone organised and getting all their parts back and stuff, but it's, it seems to have paid off. Wow. Mate, that's a big project. Did you lead it or was it like a kind of group thing where you just kind of fuse into one? And... No, I had the idea. I had the idea about probably about a week ago. Um, and I was naive enough to think I'd be able to do it all by myself. So I was like, right, set out. Everybody, do you want to do it? <laughs> it so loads and loads of messages. Obviously, I had a few people pull out because they're busy. Yeah, um, yeah. Which is fine. Which is fine. Um, yeah, <laughs> excuse me. Um, but then it became apparent that I'm not going to be able to deal with the production on this. So... I called in my friend Alex Harry, who's an amazing singer, producer, everything. Yeah. Uh, and he's just been, you know, we've just been bouncing off each other the whole time. 
I basically I basically sorted everybody's parts out, got all the singers for it, and he's just producing it. So, uh, which is a big part that I could do it by him. So is that why you ask for the female vocalist? Is that like the missing part now? It's not. It's not missing anymore. At least I mean, we have out of twenty singers, we probably have about five. Okay. Five or six females. So I just didn't want it to sound like a big testosterone song. You know, I didn't yeah. want it to sound like a load of blokes in a pub. As what genre is it? Um, do you, do you, you, might, you might know the song. It's Times Like These by Foo Fighters. Okay, but okay. The, um, but it's an acoustic version. And it's just uplifting. It's a, big, it's, a, it's a thank you to the NHS, really, because obviously we should all be really, really grateful. Yeah, I think, like, obviously my best friend's a doctor and he doesn't come across as very overwhelmed by it. I think mm. in this moment in time, we need to give them more credit. And normally they come across as quite under-resourced, like they're struggling. But I think now they've really kind of absorbed the pressure well. And obviously the politics doesn't help because they didn't make the right decisions on time. So, no. No. no, well, we could go around and around in circles for hours about yeah, yeah. politics and stuff, but we won't, no. we won't go there. But um, it's tough for them. It's really tough for them. Yeah. Um, the singers on it are unbelievable. You know, I've got Rory Hope on there. He's, he's got really, really good Instagram following. He's got probably about 40,000 followers. Um, sick, yeah, yeah some, some really unbelievable singers on there. That When I got their vocal takes back, I was like, oh, no, what have I done? <laughs> I don't, don't put my don't put my solo bit next to any of theirs, please. <laughs> but you're a good singer as well. Like, let's be honest. I mean, talking real, like you're a good singer. Thank you, but I mean, these guys are really, really technical, and you can do all the <laughs> you know, all that like crazy stuff that I I don't I don't touch. Well, it's a bit like a sport, right? Like you've got so many skills, and then I guess your yeah. voice, like it's the same thing, right? Just because it's you can do more doesn't yeah. mean you're better. For sure, and I mean, there's people bring different things to the table. You know, there there are R and B singers on the songs that yeah. obviously bring all those crazy trails and ad libs and stuff. And there's people like me and Alex that are more a tone. You know, it's a, we've got like a, 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 a unique tone. You know, so yeah. there's there's loads of different ingredients in it that make it the final dish, if you yeah. like. Yeah, it's 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 been. I really, wasn't expecting. Really fun. It. I thought it was like a kind of uh, DIY project. I didn't realize it was such a big. No, I mean, it's, I mean, you would expect it to sound like that, us all being in our own homes and so far apart. But yeah, everyone's been absolutely fantastic. It makes life easy when you've got a home recording s- set up, and yeah. you know, all they do is record their lines that I've given them, send it back completely raw without any reverb or anything, and then we can just do all that when we've got all the tracks together and just blend them into it. Sounds like, you know, what. That's amazing. So is that why you went back to Coventry? Because I think obviously where you were living in London, it didn't have all the space that you needed. Yeah, I mean, partially. I mean, it was coming back. I didn't have the. I didn't have. I didn't have really any plans to to make and record and write all this music um, until I got home, and I was like, you know what? It's better than sitting sitting down yeah, on my yeah. arse all day. So uh, when I was in London, obviously I broke up with my girlfriend. We shared a flat, so I was sofa surfing for a little while at a friend's place in Clapham. Uh, but once this once this lockdown got pushed back and pushed back and pushed back, it became apparent that I was going to be there for a very long time. Mm. So I didn't want that. They didn't want that, you know. Um, so I, I, I decided to come back to Coventry and just get a breather, really. London's my favourite place in the world. It really is. I absolutely love it. Granted, I've not, I've, uh, you know, I'm not, um, I'm not Phileas Fogg. I've not been around the world in 80 days. But, you know, I've seen the amazing places and London is just holds a really special place to me. But yeah. sometimes you need to get out because you don't realise that you can't breathe until you're out 
in the yeah, countryside yeah. a little bit, you know, and you, just, you just take a breath of normal air and it's just a big relief. Well, you've brought Camden Town back with you to Coventry, haven't you? Yeah, with this crazy hairdo. Yeah, what's going on? The moustache, remember that little face? Yeah, the moustache, that, that was a bad one. Yeah. What was going on there? Was that like inspired by an artist or was that just something? Not, not really. I mean, no. it, it was, I started, I started growing, I mean, for the, those that are listening and haven't seen it, it was a moustache. <laughs> it was really bad. It looked like I just had a bit of dirt above my lip. Um, but Can we use a thumbnail for it? Like, yeah, sure. sure. <laughs> a, little, a little bit of clip bait. Um, Harry's terrible moustache attempt. No, so I, I mean, we were, I was in lockdown and I, I, I was living with a good friend of mine, Johnny Rickard, who's an amazing TV magician. producer and comedian and 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 Morton, who's a magician. Yeah. So we were all just having a great laugh, and you know we were have you know having a great time. So I thought, you know, fuck it, let's just be stupid. Let's I'm gonna see if I can grow a moustache. Nobody else is gonna see him. It's just gonna be the boys. It's just a laugh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then obviously I moved back to Coventry, and I thought, yeah, let's 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 stick it out. Let's stick it out. And then after I think I posted one video and I watched it back, I was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> you're, having, you're 22 and you're having a midlife crisis already. Have a word. God's sake. Hey, they used to be trendy back in the day and I know you like your um, country music so I thought maybe it was inspired through that no not really not um, no inspiration there to be honest <laughs> just you could have gone with them and I was throwing you a bone there <laughs> yeah sure yeah no, it was an embarrassing attempt to say the absolute least so do you feel hungry now when you go back to Camden do you feel like now this experience this production behind you you can go back and Go back at home. Yeah, I mean, it's um, I've been I've been for lack of a better term in the game for years. You know, I've been doing this since I was eight years old. I first picked up an instrument when I was seven or eight. Started gigging in bars and clubs, and I was in the same band for ten years. So I've been doing I've been doing it for such a long time. But you know, in the real world, not lockdown world, you've got things to do. You've got the you've you've got to work. You've got to try and sustain relationships you know you've got all these things going on so you don't yeah. really you never really give your craft and your dream all the attention it needs because by the time you get home I mean you know we both we, we were both estate agents at one point yeah, yeah you're working 10 hour days six days a week the last thing you want to do when you get home is crack open the recording equipment and you know start writing um, so for me in that sense lockdown has been really really good and really productive and I feel like I've gone kind of from here to at least here, you know, I'm not nowhere near yeah, there, yeah. but you know, at least here and just, you know, my writing skills, my, my productivity, my everything, my voice, everything. It's funny. Yeah. I mean, I probably should have done a better intro. I'll do a separate intro anyway, but for anyone listening, obviously Harry and I used to work together. We used to be estate agents in, um, in Islington, in, in Tuffmore Park, just next to Camden. And what amazed me was that about this time last year, Harry released a single called Glory Days. And I remember the effort he was putting in both in his day job and you were doing open mic nights in Camden Town on, was it Thursdays? It was Thursdays, yeah. Good yeah, I remember, yeah, I remember that. And I mean, you need a lot of energy for these things. Yeah, <coughs> I mean, that, that, that was a particularly intense time, you know, because the song was written about uh, a friend of mine that, that took his life, unfortunately, a few years ago. So I wanted to give it absolutely everything I had. And okay, the, the song's not, you, you know, it's not taken off. The song's not got incredible streams or hits or whatever, but I can rest easy knowing that I gave it everything, you know, in, right, in yeah, every aspect sure. of it, you know, the promotion of it, the writing of it, the production of it, everything. I, I really did put everything into it. Um, and I've learned a lot, you know, I made a yeah. lot of mistakes, which you're always going to make. I've learned from them. So, um, 
yeah, hopefully the next one will be significantly better. And I'm doing a project um, which will be at the end of the year now. I can't, I'm, I'm not allowed to talk about it um, too much, but I mean, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a game changer for me. It's probably going to take me to the point, hopefully, where I can be a musician, you know, uh, you know, a fully branded musician and, and just, just grind that out for a bit. So that's yeah. what I'm looking for, looking forward to. It's all been put on hold now until the end of the year, but yeah, exciting stuff. I remember when we first met, someone in the office told me that you'd been on X Factor twice. And mm. I remember thinking like, that must take some real balls, right? To kind of walk away from that and to have a proper, like, you know, suited nine to five job. Whereas mm. you said 12 hour days, even sometimes six days a week. Yeah. And then to be doing, to be carrying that on on the side at such a young age. I mean, when I met you, you were about 20, 21. Yeah, I think it's so, yeah, twenty twenty one. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, <clears throat> those you know TV shows like that, The X Factor is the only one I have any experience with. But you watch it and you cringe, right? You you watch it and you think, oh, that's brutal. But that's not even half of it because it's not just it's not just what the judges have to say. That's the that's the kick in the teeth. It's everything. You know, you are filming. My first audition was at Thorpe Park. Um, and it was a really, really hot day, really hot. Um, we were in the same outfit all day, uh, you know, makeup all day, uh, filming from, I think it was 9am, and then we didn't audition until 1am in the morning. We were the last people to audition. So obviously by the time you get into that room, you're so fatigued and emotional already that when they come at you with all the, these criticisms, you, you just, it just really it hurts, you know, it sucks. Yeah, it really yeah, sucks. yeah. But I mean, without wanting to divulge too much, they, there's more than just the criticism that they give you on TV, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like not naming any names, but some of them can be particularly mean, you know, and, and none of that's there. And it's kind of a bit like, well, where, where's this come from? I know you're tired, but think how I feel. You've been sat there all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's interesting. I never thought about that physical effort, right? I always thought it was very like, <clears throat> schedule like you turn up on time and then you perform and then you go home i didn't realize it was a yeah i think the um yeah i think what they say you know tv is there's a whole lot of waiting for just waiting sake you know you, you just you get there early to wait um because everything always runs late always always runs late and there's always something that somebody's going to want you to or redo and um yeah you're always always busy so uh, you can you can understand it from a you know a television point of view how old were you so I think I first auditioned when I was uh, probably 18, 18 no, 19. Let's say yeah. 19. And then what happened um, on the second time? So they scouted, me for, they scouted me when I was 19. I did it. It was a huge car crash. It was terrible. Um, and then a year passed and I'd kind of started thinking, right, this is where I need to be thinking about you know, a real future now. I want to put the groundwork in to have, you know, like a, a good, happy nine to five life. And, you know, I was really coming to terms with that. And then they called me again and said, look, hey, we really, really want you to do the X Factor this year. And I kind of said, no, probably two or three times. I said, no, no, no absolutely not, absolutely not. And then, but why? I think it was the day before because it just took so much out of me. But were you scared? It, I was, yeah, I suppose I was, you know, and, in more than one respect, though, I was so worried about going back because it damaged me last time, you know? Yeah. It was such a confidence boost. And again, when I was 19, I'd been doing it for 
you know, 10 years or, you know, yeah, nine, 10 years. So it, all that work had just come, it was like <laughs> shut down. And to, to kind of build yourself up from that is really tough. So when they came calling again the, the year after, it was a bit of a, it wasn't an easy yes. It was, I think the day before they started filming, they said, look, one more chance, do you want to do this? And I was like, you know what? I think I'd probably been pushing pencils all day and decided that, yeah, I probably do want to do it. Um, but yeah, it does, it takes, it takes a lot out of you. Yeah, but that's who you are at heart, right? Like you're a performer, you're a singer, you're a songwriter. Yeah, yeah, I, I suppose, you know, you kind of, you, like I said before, you, you always learn from mistakes that you made and I definitely went into the second one with more apprehension, but therefore more confidence because I kind of knew what was coming. I knew what to yeah. look out for. I knew what to say. I knew what not to say. I knew what, I knew what they were going to say. I, you know, I knew, I knew everything. I, or I, at least I, I thought I knew everything. Um, so there was a few things you were able to, you know, duck out of the way of. Um, so the second time was a, it was a vaguely more enjoyable experience um, than the first time because of that, you know, because I've learned and I understood television a bit more and the whole process a bit more. And I knew what to expect. So, um, but yeah, you do, you, it certainly builds, it's like building blocks in you as a person and a performer. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, if I put myself in your shoes, I think I wouldn't have been saying no two or three times to X Factor. I would have been saying no to that harsh treatment right that harsh experience but then yeah. once you can get over that it's a mind thing right once you get over it in your mind sure. and then you're ready for it and you expect it you know how to counter maneuver that which i think obviously you did and then i think that probably set the stone right like as in you know that you're going to climb up and you're going to start doing your own thing whether yeah. you get rejected or not i think yeah i think when we got kicked off the second show it was at the six chair challenge so we'd, i'd already got further than i had the first year okay um and the rejection was, it didn't hurt as much. You know, I kind of, I knew it was coming. In my own head, I, I was going out rounds and rounds ago anyway. So I, to get that far, I was kind of a bit like, uh, yeah. uh, you know, oh, well, by that point. So then, so then I kind of had the realization that I am a bit stronger than I thought. And I, and I do have the tenacity and, you know, the drive to just keep plowing on and plowing on. But then again, another year passed and I was having the same sort of conversation with myself. I'd met my girlfriend at the time who I was with for two years um, who came from a, you know, an incredibly wealthy background. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I really thought this one might, you know, I've always been an old yeah, soul. Yeah. So I was kind of thinking in my head, as I'm sure I told you, I was always yeah, thinking yeah, in my yeah. head, I think it's time to probably start thinking about laying the grounds for, you know, a real life and um, with, with said woman, uh, she who must not be named. <laughs> I think you were giving me driving lessons when you told me that. I yeah, I think half, so. Yeah, I think no, I was trying to half try not to crash and half like listen to this deep story. I was like, oh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know when to pick my time, and then I, yeah. God, that was a terrifying experience. <laughs> yeah, it was icy. I remember it was uh, just after that big snow. Yeah, yeah. It was. Um, I mean, that was that was fun. You know, it was it was great when you when you came came on. It was my first. It was my first. Um, kind of go at training anybody from you know in any in any field yeah. let alone this one that I'd only really been doing for a year um because I think you were with George but we ended up spending more time together than we used to yeah. so it was yeah it was like a it was a new experience it was it was I learned a lot because you know there were times when there were times when you get when I'd get frustrated because why don't you know that when obviously you're not going to know that because yeah you just sat down do you know what i mean so you you kind of again from that you take away the mistakes and you build on the mistakes 
Uh, I'm not a diva. Well, I am a diva. But yeah. <laughs> I think you have to be in this business, man. Like you have to uh, have some sort of emotion expression. Yeah, I think. But I think there's a way. There's a way of doing yeah, it. Yeah. There. I mean, I've met a few. I've met a few people that you know can't do wrong in the public's eye, and then you meet them, and it's just it's. They say never meet your heroes, and then and there's a reason for that, you know. Yeah, that's powerful. I never heard that. That's that's powerful. But you know, at, at the same time we're all human you know yeah, even yeah. Kanye West is a human Beyonce is a human the Queen is a human being Boris Johnson we're all people yeah, and we all yeah. have we all have a you know a, a build up of you know, blood bones and skin that makes us say certain things and react in certain ways yeah. but we all have feelings and you know you can understand why people get pissed off if they've been harassed all day by paparazzi or had to film all day you know you can understand yeah are you surprised at how far you've come? I mean, obviously you still have so much more potential and so much more that you want to achieve. But I mean, what you just said, like 20 people, this time last year you released a really good single. I think everyone, anyone that listens to that song will, will like it. Um, Thank you. I mean, I, I know I travelled, what was I travelled last year to Costa Rica and I put it on in like this pub or this little bar. Yeah, thing. I remember you sending it to me. Yeah. And uh, everyone was loving it and I was like, all right, well, you know, they like in Costa Rica. Yeah. Like in the UK, you know. Yeah, it was great because I've got a... Um, it's got kind of like an app and it would tell you how much money you've earned in each country. Oh, okay. And like, there was like, there, it came up, it was like 0.62p or something <laughs> like that. Costa Rica, I was like, yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I might go touring Costa Rica. All three of them that are listening to the music. Um, yeah, it's, it's um, yeah, going back to your question, it is, um, it, did, did I, when I was younger, did I think that I would be further than I am now of course but that's because I'm ambitious you know it's because yeah. I I think you've kind of got to set yourself unrealistic goals um with some uh, but in doing so leave some room at the back of your mind for right if that doesn't come up that's not the end of it, you know it's not the end of it um so I mean to an extent yeah I thought I would be Justin Bieber by this point but you know at the same time when you grow up you realize that there's so much more that goes into into making these huge stars and, and you know fair play to him justin bieber had that from the start you know he was he was x y and z from the very from the from day dot some people take years and years and years to develop those things i'm yeah, still yeah. developing those things you know um but i feel like it's all slowly coming together and i feel like well <laughs> 2020 was supposed to be a huge year for me um with, with all this stuff that's going on but um obviously that's been put on hold so maybe maybe the latter end of 2020 will be a big quarter for me yeah i think 2020 is going to fly by and i think 2021 is going to be like an extension of 2020 i don't think people are going yeah. to feel as though that's a new year right yeah um, I, th I think yeah. new year's eve everybody's going to go absolutely batshit crazy Sorted, yeah. <laughs> well let's not say let's not, let's not mention the b word but uh, they're going to go <laughs> absolutely absolutely crazy because everyone's going to want to say goodbye to this year aren't they yeah, no, it's cool. When I upload the podcast, I can mark it as explicit. So it's like, yeah, yeah people know. Yeah, yeah, um, cool. What surprised me the most when, when I met you or when we started to talk more about music was your music IQ. So I remember once you put on a song with George Michael and Elton John. And I just yeah. started thinking, like, Harry doesn't seem like the type who would, who would listen to this and enjoy it on a regular basis. But then I was like, this is a really good song. So I think you need that as well. And obviously you have it. I think it's one thing to be, and again, I mean, I, don't, I mean, it's in, in the most humble way possible. But I mean, I think there's one. I think there's there's one thing being a musician, and you're very much in your own 
you've got the blinkers on and you can only see what you're doing and you can only like what you're liking and that's okay that's fine but then there's a there's an art there's a wider umbrella which let's just call for argument's sake an artist and, and then you have to kind of learn to appreciate bits of everything you know i i do listen to a lot of elton john i do listen to a lot of george michael i love country music i love I love all, all, all things that you would expect a 50-year-old man to like. I like. Yeah. And, but I, and I don't necessarily listen to chart music at the moment. I don't really listen to grime. But that being said, I really appreciate what they're doing. And I can understand the difference between a bad grime artist and an excellent yeah, artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and again, you kind of see, you see glimmers of yourself in, or at least what you'd like to think of yourself in other people. Like you see the ambition of like Stormzy, for instance, you know, again, not necessarily my kind of music. I loved, I loved um, Heavy is the Crown. I thought that was brilliant. I thought there was some amazing yeah. tracks on there, but um, you could see that he wasn't, he didn't have that. He wasn't, he didn't have his blinkers on, you know, he made his name doing, you know, street grime, which got him so far, but then he realized that he didn't want to just stay there because that we would have just stayed there and would have yeah. eventually just kind of tailed off and fizzled out. But he kind of took that more commercial leap and, and now he's, you know, now he's global. And that's what's so cool. You've kind of got to be open to trying new things. That's why I'm, I'm working on, you know, dance music at the moment, like, you know, summer, summer box, that they call it, you know, like yeah. just different things because you never know, you might open a, you might open a box and there might be something in there that you're like, shit, I'm good at this. You know, I'm really good at this. And whether you like the music, there's, um, sorry, I'm rambling, but plan B, um, he, he started off as a rapper really aggressive bars and lyrics amazing i absolutely love that album i think i think it's called who needs actions when you've got words i think it's called um and that album was unbelievable but he got to a point where he, he stopped he stopped and then he had to take that leap and he started singing more soul music and that's when he came out with she said and you know mm. that that huge album where where everybody else started hearing about plan b but i think it's a it's a wild documented fact that he doesn't like singing that kind of stuff that's why he eventually went back to ill manners but had he not gone had he yeah. not you know had he not taken a step out of his own circle and uh, ego for a second he wouldn't have he wouldn't have been able to get to where he is now yeah absolutely so why is it that they say that commercialism is the death of an artist when everyone clearly likes commercial music that's when you start hearing more about artists you know i, I never I think... understood that I, I mean, I, I'm one of those that, that gets pissed off with people that say that kind of thing. You know, people that, oh, it's way too commercial for me. Yeah, okay, like, fair enough. Mean, you know, that's fine, that's commercial, you don't like that, but that's okay. But it sells, you know, and yeah. just because one person, and, is it, and there is, is it like a niche group, and it's, I tell you what, we're the worst for it, musicians, we're, we're absolutely the worst for it. You know, oh my god, I can't believe you're listening to Drake again. You know, that's so like he's so mainstream. You know, yeah. that's that's just the worst. That kind of hipster hipster vibe for me is just the worst. You you need to just like I say, step out of your own ego and just appreciate other things. And if that is popular, leave them to it. Crack yeah. on. You know, okay. um, so I don't I don't really I don't really know why they say commercialism is the death of musicians. Yeah, I mean, I think art in general, right? Like it could be, you know, an artist, like a painter. It could be, you know, fashion yeah. designer, any any form of art. And I always thought, surely that's the aim. Yeah, like, surely that's know. the that's the end goal, isn't it? To be yeah. the the guy. You don't want to be one of the. You don't want to be a backing dancer, do you? Yeah, exactly. I mean, Adele, for example. I know 
you know, she may not come across as a typical commercial artist. And again, I think this, this is probably where physical looks and the quality of the music are separated, right? Mm. And I think we're getting better at that now, like we're in 2020. But I think, you know, if you look 10, 15 years ago, that probably wasn't the case. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, uh, this is, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not slugging on one off. This is something that they would say, them, I'm sure they would say themselves. You know, there are people nowadays, like you said, like early Adele, where she was, you know, not necessarily Selena Gomez looking. I mean, she is now. Have you seen that photo that came up today? She's absolutely stunning. Absolutely, definitely a bit of me, but. Side um, of the DMs, mate. <laughs> uh, yeah i'll try i'll be one of many 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 um but yeah we are we are accepting people that aren't necessarily the, the full package in terms of like aesthetics because you've got ed sheeran and lewis capaldi that you know you've got a, a ginger guy and a, and a scottish guy that you know he's not he doesn't look like justin bieber you know but they're creating hits after hit after hit after hit and had had you know the mainstream media not taken you know made you know taken any attention from paid them any attention sorry we we wouldn't have these unbelievable songs you know like yeah. like any of Ed Sheeran's songs or yeah. any of Lewis Capaldi's songs. he's iconic now isn't he yeah yeah 100 percent 100 and do you think you know the old-time classics like Elton John um by the way like off the top of my head now but a lot of them I mean do you think they're going to remain as old-time classics or do you think they still have a part to play in today's music um, I mean, I, if, 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 I don't know if you've seen Yesterday, it's a film about the Beatles, kind of about the Beatles. No, I've heard, I think I've heard um, of it, but I haven't seen it. So, so effectively, there's this guy, I think his name is Jack Malik, um, and he lives in the real world, and he's a musician, very much like me, just playing to, you know, very few people. Absolutely loves it, you know, it's absolutely his dream. Um, and he loves the Beatles, and he gets hit by a bus. And when he gets hit by a bus, he wakes up in his coma and the Beatles never existed. So, and, and, and so then, it, this, I mean, the story goes on and he ends up just releasing all the Beatles songs and becomes huge oh. from it. But there's a, there's a part in there where he goes on his laptop and he searches the Beatles and it just keeps coming out of a Beatle. And he's like, oh shit, the Beatles don't exist. So then he Googles Oasis and then Oasis don't exist. But obviously Oasis don't exist because the Beatles didn't exist. Oh. And there's and there's and there's so many there's little nuances to yeah, that, yeah, that fact about the whole film. And so coming back to your coming back to your question, do I think that people like Alton John have, you know, do I think Alton John's going to release a, a new number one hit next next year? No, I don't. Of course, I don't. But the person who does next year might not have done it without Alton John. Yeah. You know, so yeah, one hundred percent. The Beatles and, and Elton John and George Michael, all of these people, they will they will be eternal. You know, they've lasted this long already. They, you know, their careers were, you know, at their peak 30, 40 years ago, and we're still talking about them on podcasts now. You know, podcasts weren't even a thing then. You know, they definitely stood the test of time, and they always will in my eyes. Yeah, that's that's powerful. I never thought of it that way. It's a bit like yesterday, I was watching The Last Dance, you know, it's that documentary series on Netflix about um, yeah, the Jordan. Chicago Bulls, yeah, with Michael Jordan. Mm. And the one yesterday I watched, I mean, will probably be a little, little spoiler, but um, it was the Kobe Bryant one. And there was a part in it where they asked Kobe, obviously when he was still alive, um, what's your, like, who do you think is better, you or Michael? And he's like, well, I hate that question because I wouldn't be as good as I am without Michael. Have you any idea how many hours he spent working with me and 
training me and guiding me and yeah. mentoring me. Like he says, that's not even a fair comparison. If you're going to compare with Michael, then you have to take away everything Michael gave me and then you'll probably smash me. So let's not talk about that. Yeah. You know, I think what you just yeah, said is very fair. It's a good point. And yeah, it's exactly that. And it's, it's without inspiration, you don't have anything because yeah. you have to feel inspired to do something in the first place, don't you? And I'll be writing songs. Even now, I wrote a song um, the other day. Um, what did I call it? Uh... Uh, two singers it's called two singers and i finished it and i started i was listening to it i was like oh, actually i recognize this song and then i realized that a lot of the a lot of the harmonies and some of the melody was was reminiscent of some country artists that i listened to and i thought yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a clear it's a clear sign that i am listening whether it's subliminal it's all going in and it's coming out on my paper but it's, it's kind of like we are a machine and you've got so much coming in. You've got country. You've got Alton John. You've got pop music all kind of coming in. And then what comes out is a is a hopefully a beautiful mixture of them all. Yeah, yeah. It's like with food, you know, you get these fusions. It's like fusions of genres and fusion of yeah different cuisines. Exactly. So, so going back to country music, because I know you're really, really big on this, and probably anyone listening isn't getting that vibe yet, but they will soon. What? What are the reasons for maybe our generation or our, I don't know, like subculture here in London, perhaps? Why don't we like it as much as you, for example? Obviously, this is, I'm just talking about a time that I didn't even exist in, but I feel like it's, it's always been an Americanized genre anyway, at least the country that I listen to. There, there are, you know, there's folk that, you know, comes from Ireland and, you know, the Gaelic, Scottish yeah, and true, Irish, true, yeah. you know, thing. There, there is very much that. Um, but the country thing for me never really took off here. So I can understand why people in, in the UK and London don't quite give it the time of day. I absolutely think people should, particularly musicians, because what I take from, what I take from country music and particularly country uh, lyrics are that they're so, they're so easy to listen to because it's just like being read a story. Right? Say, say if I listen to a Justin Bieber song, if I really, you know, if I really wanted to try and figure out what the song was about, it would take, you know, it would be really difficult because there's all these metaphors and these like, sh- like mm. stupid millennial words that don't make any sense. But country yeah. music is just like, it's like telling a story um, with, you know, beautiful harmonies and, and nice, simple melodies. Um, but it's just so easy to listen to. And there's a guy called um, Luke Combs who, who's got a song called uh, Beautiful Crazy. And... I was walking the dog the other day. I was listening to it in the park, and every single word you kind of just believed it, you know. And it gives you goosebumps. Really does when you listen. When you hear somebody talk about something so passionately, or or, or sing about it in this case, it, 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 it it's hard not to be inspired by it, and you know, really find it amazing. Yeah, that no, that's powerful. I never thought of it that way. Like, art is about storytelling, right? So, sure. yeah okay that's interesting and so yeah, do, just, you, do you think there's a cannibalization or a cross cannibalization of different genres like the more people that listen to grime means there's going to be fewer people listening to country do you think they can coexist i think they can coexist i don't i think you know i think the top top 40 will always be ruled by one genre at a time for sure um i don't think we'll see a comeback of country music ever to be honest not not in that not in that you know number one 
uh, realm. You know, top two. Yeah, not like when it was when Jolene was probably number one. Yeah. Um, or, you know, Walk the Line by Johnny Cash was number one. We're never going to go back to that, but there will always be a niche, huge following for these things because people love them and people, and so long as people love them and keep listening, we're going to keep creating it. Mm. Yeah, that's powerful. I guess it's also inspired a lot of other artists in other countries that we don't even know about. Like, we don't know what the most popular song is in Uzbekistan, right? It could be yeah, you know, something inspired by folk music in Ireland, as you said. Yeah, for sure. I think there's um I think it's you don't really tend to get much apart from like dance songs which will take kind of Eastern things sometimes and remix them and take, you know, little bits from like the East and use it as inspiration. But the West seems to use just just kind of really stay in the West, you know. Um you don't really get much nothing really bleeds through from india really unless like i say like there's like people using samples and stuff in which case yeah it does and that's brilliant but i think westernized music is very much westernized music if that makes sense yeah yeah definitely like we yeah that's a good that's a good way of putting it nothing really bleeds through from other cultures like we don't have much japanese music or yeah uh, well i think the thing is the thing is english people are super lazy and you know I'm super lazy because like I, I I pretty much just said I like to I like I like the story to be spoon fed to me. That's why I like country music. Yeah. So I mean if you've got a Japanese singer singing in, you know, another language, then you're not really bothered about the the song has to be unbelievable, you know, the actual like the, the tune and the beat has to be incredible, yeah. otherwise you're not gonna give it the time of day. So yeah, so I, I think in that in that regard we're very lazy and therefore we don't listen to any anything that comes from the East. Yeah. Have you got a mentor at the moment, someone that's working with you to make sure that you're taking the right steps? Um, not, you know, not, not necessarily a designated mentor, but I mean, there's a few people that I definitely look up to. One of my best friends at the moment, Billy Keane. Um, he's an Irish singer. He's, he's a bit older than me. He's, he's, he's 30. Um, we're releasing a track in June, uh, June mid-June, uh, called Something New. Um, and he goes under the name of, I think it's Free Music or Free Productions, F-R-U, check him out. Um, and he very much, he very much takes a back step from it all. Um, like this song, I'm singing on it exclusively, it's just me. And, and, he, and he's, got a great, he's got an amazing voice, but you kind of, you can't help but feel like he's, he, he kind of ha- doesn't have confidence to, to do that anymore. But he's very very much guiding me in in the way of of you know pursuing what we both dreamed of um so i definitely definitely look up to billy Keane. he's he's an amazing songwriter producer everything and just all around a lovely lovely guy yeah. as most irish people are um so yeah i mean he's there um to, for he's there for me for anything you know even if yeah. it's like domestic amazing and if I was to ask you, what's your greatest fear? What would you say? Greatest fear? Probably heartbreak. It, that really sucks. Yeah. <laughs> to, 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 to sound, yeah, not to sound too, too cheesy and soft, but yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the worst part. But it also, leads, I suppose... It leads to great songs, though. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, just let, you know, letting people down, like when my mother and father came to... Uh, the X Factor, and like I, I, I didn't get through. You know, I, 
I couldn't help but feel like I let them down and the whole family down. So they're like, that sucks, you know, that, you know, you've got the weight of your whole family on you, on you as well. And obviously they don't want that, you know, and they, they certainly don't pressure you to do it. They're really supportive, but of course. You, there is a fear of letting people down. And also, uh, fuck spiders and snakes, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, about, what about you? What's your fear? Uh, I think it's just not doing my best in terms of just uh, letting myself down because, you know, life is so short and it's like, it's like what you said, if you just sit on your ass all day, what, what are you going to achieve by that? That's, that's just like such yeah. a waste of time. Especially now, like we're in our prime, you know, I'm 26. Yeah. I, I really can't be wasting any time or energy. Like I have to give it my everything. For sure. And but you know what? That really does come across. When I found out you were doing these podcasts, I listened to one the other day and it was a, you know, there was still very much Martinisms, let's just call them Martinisms that I was picking <laughs> up from your, from your podcast. And I was like, classic Martin. Yeah. But, you know, there were, but on the other hand, it was almost like listening to a completely different person from the person that I met two years ago. Yeah. Um, in, 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 in a brilliant way. But I mean, even, even then you weren't even with, you weren't even with the company for longer, what was it, longer than six, six months, was it? Uh, just under five, yeah. Yeah, months, yeah, yeah. So I mean, you you'd literally you'd you'd pretty much let's say it as it is. You came, you got all the you got all the negotiating skills that you needed, and you got that kind of confidence of talking to other people and clients and stuff. And then you were off, and it was brilliant. It was like everyone else was pissed off because they put you know put money into training you. Yeah. But I was like, from from a from a fellow ambitious person, I was like, fucking go, boy, go on. <laughs> you know, just watch you fly off on yeah. to the next thing, and then and and you really have. And, you know, seeing all your videos of you traveling and just uh, building on your own character, it was, it was, it was nice to see. And now you're doing these podcasts, which I think is brilliant. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. Man. I really think that like, you don't always notice things on a daily basis, but then when you look back, as you said, over the yeah. course of a couple of months or a year, you realize like, all right, that's, that's good. Let's keep going. You know? Yeah. 100%. I think it's good for you as well, because you've got your brother. I know he's a martial artist. Yeah. He's going places as well. So it's good to have that energy to bounce off, right? Yeah, I mean, we're, if you met, if we didn't look alike, you would never, ever, ever know that we had even met, let alone we were brothers, you know, separated by three years, two, three years, you know. Um, we're really, really chalk and cheese. But we get, we get along, we really, we really do. Um, but really cut, cut from two completely different bits of cloth. Um, really? But he's he's amazing. You know, he does make me proud. He's a, he's a he's a great fighter. I can't wait to see what he does. The dream really is to see him in the UFC and me, you know, touring the world really at the same time. You know, that would be that would be perfect. Yeah, we'd have to get him on the podcast as well then. Yeah, for sure. We can have a little Joe Rogan situation. Going yeah, on. yeah, yeah. That would be sick. No, but that's interesting though because I think like it's completely different as you said fighting music i don't know what your sister's going to do but then like your parents must be like full of adrenaline thinking god which, which direction do we go in like who's going yeah I, I think so i think there was you know me being a little bit older and having picked what i wanted to do sooner i got i kind of feel like i got lots of attention from those guys at that time because they were like yes brilliant let's let's push 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 and then tyler was kind of a little bit at least that, this is how I feel he feels, was just kind of a little bit like, right, hmm, what should I do? And then he kind of like slowly kind of got into, he was boxing from an early age. Yeah. And he was like, right, I'll just keep going because there's nothing else to do. Kept going, kept going. And then he just got better and better and better. And then by the time I'd kind of flown the nest and, you know, was, was in London doing my own thing, Tyler had become 
uh, an incredible martial artist and everybody me included mum dad ellie may nan's granddad's was just like come on yeah. Tyler, let's, yeah. let's do this you know sure. um, and he is he's doing everyone proud that's amazing if you had a choice between going forward at any point in time or back at any point in time in history doesn't have to be in your lifetime which one would you choose and why hmm that's uh I mean, there's got, there's got to be a few, isn't there? I mean, I'd love to go back to, I'd love to go back to like fifties and see, you, you know, like Nashville and see like Johnny Cash, like yeah. cutting his teeth and stuff like that. Had a feeling so unbelievable. That really would to see yeah. where it all kind of came from, being real. To experience um, it in person, right? It's different than breathing just exactly. history, But then again, I don't know whether I'd want to because it would change my whole perspective on it. You know, what I, what I love about country now is that is is something that I've made from my own head off evidence that I've seen where if I was there I might ruin it for myself you never know it would also be amazing to go back to like the 80s and you know be around all, all that like don't need money don't need fame <laughs> like those kind of like yeah, really yeah. cheesy great bangers in the films you know like um, Stand By Me and, and The Goonies and uh, Back to the Future all those incredible films it would be amazing to go back and see them Amazing. I don't and think I'd want to go into the future because I don't want to. I don't really want to know how I end up. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> funny. Uh, uh, yeah, same actually. I think everyone that I've asked that either chooses the past and then they're indecisive as to which point in the past or complete opposite in the future. I don't think anyone said like, "Oh, I want to try both." You know. It's, it's, yeah, I think it might be cool. It offers be really cool to go and catch me a dinosaur, maybe bring one back. <laughs> a little a baby dinosaur. dinosaur. Yeah. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Yeah, everyone alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and which one um so if i had to ask you with the future like what, what is it about the future that scares you i, I mean it doesn't necessarily scare me I've, but i very much of the notion that i want to live i want to live in like now because i've spent I'm, i've suffered with anxiety and depression and i have done for, for years um one thing i've kind of learned to do is just live now which sounds cliche cliche and really really cheesy but I spent so many, so many nights worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow, what's going to have, what's going to happen next week, but I have no control over that. You know, whatever's going to happen over the mistakes that I've already made is going to happen. So just focus on now and don't fuck up anymore. You know, so that's where, yeah. that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm at. Absolutely. Yeah. We had this holistic coach on a few weeks ago and, uh, you know, she's over in Lithuania, but we always connect with her because she's got a really good way of speaking and, we spoke about anxiety and about isolation now with lockdown, what people are going through mentally and some of her clients. And, you know, she said exactly that, like you've got to stay in the now. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, I definitely agree with that. But I was going to ask her actually, so what keeps you awake at night specifically, but then you went and said it. So. Yeah, I think it's, it's that. And I, I, I've, there's always a, there's kind of a catch 22 to, to being a great kind of a creative person. And, and it's that, you, you're, you're more vulnerable emotionally to, because, you, because you've got to be able to access those emotions when it matters and when you want to partner an amazing performance or write a, a heartfelt piece of music. You kind of, it's really difficult to be able to switch that off. Yeah, and that's interesting. Say, say if I was to write something about a girlfriend from two, three years ago, yeah. I would have to get into that mindset of like, mm. of, of mourning the breakup all over again and then it's kind of 
then you kind of like open a can of worms and you're off, yeah. you know, in your own head. You're like, oh, I remember that time when you did this together. I remember that time. And it's just like, and then you're up all night and then like, right, switch off now. But it's yeah. so difficult. That is interesting. I never thought of that. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think that's also why perhaps like, you know, the music scene, the art scene generally, like there's a lot more suicides, there's a lot more drug addictions, overdoses. Yeah, I think it's also, it's, I mean, let's, let's call it as it is, you know, musicians and people that want to be successful in it, we're, we're attention seekers to an extent. Yeah, we love attention because that's what we need to thrive and become global, you know, big. Yeah. So That's your commodity, right? So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's, um, it's kind of because we're, in a sense, addicted to, to that. We're addicted to attention and glory and, and fame and success. So that's kind of, it's, they call it like chasing the dragon. And if you were like a heroin addict, you know, you're always kind of chasing that next high. And, and it's always just, it's, it's never, nothing's ever enough. And I, obviously I've not experienced being Ed Sheeran or, you know, anyone on that level, but you can only imagine that it's a huge sliding scale and it never really becomes enough because you need that ambition to always be hungry. Otherwise you're not going to succeed at what you do. So I think there is always that depression. It's like, I'm chasing this thing that's just not coming. But I mean, if you were to ask me, does Ed Sheeran live the best life in the world? I'd say, absolutely he does. But if you were to ask Ed Sheeran, he'd probably go, no, because you know, this song didn't get to there. And mm. you know, I haven't, I haven't, my tour didn't do as well as it could have. And you're just like, are you fucking crazy, bro? Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, are you, are you hearing yourself? But to him, that's his pro they're his problems. And everyone's problems are their own problems, you know? Yeah can't it, my problems might sound completely trivial to you and you might be like i'll oh, just get over it harry for god's sake and and vice versa but it's what matters to you that's 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 the issue yeah you know i read this book recently actually on my way back from um a trip i went to and like it was so interesting it's called atomic habits and i listened to the podcast that the author's called james clear and i listened to his podcast with brian rose his interview sorry and he was talking about this book. And I just thought, you know what? I've got to get this book. When I read it, he mentioned something. And it just stuck with me. He was talking about an ice cube. And the book was about habits, obviously. So he said, like, mm -hmm. okay, you've got an ice cube. And the temperature in the room is 80 degrees, right? So it goes up to 81, 82. The ice cube is not melting. Um, it goes up to 88, 84, 85, whatever. It's still not melting. And... He's saying when it gets to 90, it will start to melt. And that's not because it got to 90. It's because 81, 82, that was stored energy. That was stored and it led to 90, right? That's kind of like yeah. all these things that you think you're not getting results. It's all stacking up. It's like putting yeah, on the same great analogy. Yeah, so I've got, I've got two books here that I've been um, slowly working my way through since, since lockdown. The first one is, is one that lots of people will, will know. It's um, Recovery by Russell Brand. Yeah. Um, and I'll just run. I'll just run through it. So it's basically there's a there's a thing called the twelve step program, which is uh, in its original form, it is is more spiritual and religious. Obviously, Russell Brand suffered with drug addiction and all these things, so he adapted his own version that worked for him, um, and has worked for thousands more since he adapted it. Um, the twelve steps are one: Are you a bit fucked? Two: Could you not be fucked? You, you're really going to have to censor this as well. Three: Are you on your own going to unfuck yourself? Four, write down all the things that are fucked up. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop saying that right now. <laughs> all the things that are effed up, 
or you have ever effed up uh, and don't lie or leave anything out. Five, honestly tell someone truthful about how effed up you are. Six, well, that's a whole lot of effed up patterns, isn't it? Do you, st do you want to stop it? Seriously? Seven, are you willing to live in the new way that's not all about you or your previous effed up stuff? You have to. Eight, uh, prepare to apologize to everyone for being, uh, that, that you've affected by being so effed up. Nine, now apologize, unless that makes things worse. 10, uh, watch out for effed up thinking and behavior and, honest, and, honest, and be honest when it happens. 11, stay connected to your new perspective. 12, look at life less selfishly and be nice to everyone. People, um, eat, uh, help people if you can. So there he's kind of 12 steps and I've been slowly working through them. Um, you kind of have to, you have to kind of figure out what you're addicted to in your own head first. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, Mine is, mine is, 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 I'm kind of addicted to, you know, relationships. You know, I always have to, I always have to have a girlfriend. Uh, otherwise I feel lonely and lost and, and, and you know, it, it sucks. Um, so that's kind of the perspective that I'm looking at this book through, but it really, really is a, a, an amazing read. And you read it, you read it in Russell's voice. Yeah, when you, yeah. When you go through that one, it's really good. Yeah. Um, and the second one is this, it's called Fighter, Rescuer, Healer. He, healer. It's by a guy called uh, Tony Summer, who's from my hometown of Coventry. Um, he's that's a picture of him on the back. He's nice. been around for a, for a long time, but this book is just from a very very honest. Um, it's it's so it's it's completely relatable. It's from a very working class man, who's had very ordinary and some extraordinary experiences in life, and it's about how he kind of just dealt with them and how he would have dealt with them um, had he not had he not gone through them so that those two if you were to re read any book in isolation i definitely suggest one of these two that one's a really easy read rescue a uh, fighter rescue a healer um but yeah absolutely no thanks for those yeah i think what you mentioned about russell brand is really important because it's impossible for him to produce anything whether it's a a song a film a book like anything without having his voice or his character in it somehow to reflect yeah. him uh, but that's kind of that's the dream really isn't it i yeah, mean I you know as a, as a creator you kind of want if so, if something's got your name on it you kind of want to imagine that person whilst you're using it whether that's a book whether that's a george foreman grill you want to kind of think yeah. hmm, george foreman made this you know or, or or anything you know you kind of want it to be personalized and you want you you want people to have you ingrained in their mind absolutely so if i was to ask you when you leave a room, what, what top three things do you want the people inside that room to think of you? I mean, to an extent, sorry, my dog's going crazy. Um, <laughs> to an extent, it doesn't really matter to me what, it doesn't really matter to me what people think because they're, they're all going to be so different. You know, yeah. I, under, I understand that I might, we might be sat in a room together and third person comes in and, has a different impact on you than it does on me. And it doesn't, it's irrelevant yeah. because we're all so different. We all like different things. So it's kind of irrelevant what people think, but I would like people to kind of pick up on that. I want the best for all the people in the room, whether yeah. we're, or if we're all songwriting, I don't want it to be right. No, I'm, I'm putting my foot down. We're going to use my line here. Mm. I want it to be a, I want it to be a very, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want it to be a group effort, you know, yeah, yeah. and ambitious, I suppose. I think, I want people to be able to see how hungry I am because I am. Where do you think we'll see Harry Hollis in five, ten years' time? It's a very hard question, I mean, but 
Yeah, it, it is. It's tough. I mean, I could give you the answer that I that would be where do I hope to be in in in. in That's that also very helpful, I think, even for yourself or anyone listening to have, to at least know that having that intention in mind i think that's that's really crucial kind of stepping back from what i actually want to do as a career i want i, you know, I want a family i've always wanted a family and um, I, I, again I'm, I'm only 22 but i want you know i want that boring life to an extent i still want to be you know whenever i'm on the road it's all systems go and it's crazy i think tom from mcfly who's the front man he seems to live this life where it's he is Tom from McFly. It's crazy, you know. He must his tours must be unbelievable. But then he goes home and he's got a lovely wife and you know lovely, lovely kids. He lives in like a like a relatively normal house. Um, that's kind of what I want, really. I think that's sweet. I think that's something which you know you can't take for granted, right? Yeah. You know, and you say you're only 22, but then I think you know 20 years ago, people that were 22 were also getting married and having kids. Yeah. It's not. It's not something that's kind of a fact that it can't be you can't have it until you're 26 or 28 like you can do it whenever yeah. you want whenever yeah, you feel emotionally sure. or, or ready you know so yeah yeah i think that's powerful mate i think you know we've touched on some like really powerful stuff today i think um you know you're on a really good track like i wasn't expecting you to have um so many cool things in the pipeline and i think this corona thing has only like made you a bit stronger because you know you, you were able to do something that you weren't expecting to do yeah, I mean, it's open, it's open doors to do things that I've never done before. I've never been on a podcast before. Yeah. I'd like to say thank you to you and your partner for having me on. I think it's brilliant what you guys are doing. I love Thanks, the message. Um, it re- that's the, that was the, the sole reason that, you know, bar trying to, you know, wanting to support you and what you're doing, the, you know, the sole reason to wanting to come on was that I love the message and I love, I love, I just love Beautiful Minds. I think that's a really nice, powerful um the header so yeah thank you for having me on it's been a it really has been a pleasure no, I mean, we have to schedule a part two down the line i think yeah for sure we'll try and keep it a bit more we'll, we'll try and have a bit more fun next time we'll have a bit of a yeah. bit more of a laugh I'll, i won't be so stuffy and deep but uh i've been singing all day so like i say i'm kind of in that in that mindset now so i always do some word associations as well do you want to do some as well yeah let's go yeah cool so money fame power Hunger. History. Future. Music. Rhythm. Love. Hate. Powerful, man. That's good. Yeah. It's sharp, man. Normally people have to think about it, you know. So. <laughs> well, they're, they're, they're probably just all the ones that come. They're probably just the counterparts to all of them. Love, hate. Yeah. Dave. <laughs> Actually, we interviewed Samuel Leeds on Monday, and he's in properties. He's, he's a salesman, as you know. He's an entrepreneur. So he was super sharp on it as well. And he was saying that that's just a sign of a sharp business mind. So I think, yeah, you've kind of got to, I mean, as you, as, as, as you, as you know, you kind of, there's always going to be someone that's going to be like, right. What, um, these windows need changing, aren't they? Or, or somebody says, somebody asks it. you a question and you don't necessarily know the answer to it, but you've kind of got to make out that you do. So you've got to be, yeah. you learn to be really sharp. Cause otherwise if you freeze, you look like an idiot and you sound like an idiot and therefore you lose confidence. Yeah, from you behind. have to flip it, always flip it. That's, that's For sure. 100%. Cool, mate. Well, I enjoyed the conversation. As I said, like we have to schedule a part two and I really look forward to hearing your, your music and everything that you have in the pipeline. Thank you, man. So Harry, I think for an outro song, it will only be right if you use one of yours. So which one would you like us to use? One of my choice. Yeah. It can be one of yours or it can be one that you really like. Right, I'm not going to... Preferably yours because then I have to ask for royalty. Oh, fine. Okay. <laughs> right. We'll, we'll, go, we'll go with Glory Days then. We'll go with Glory cool. Days. And why Glory Days? 
So this is a song that I wrote a couple of years ago about my friend Jordan Billsland, who took his own life uh, whilst he was at university. It's not about being sad about it. It's about remembering the good times and appreciating those good times existed. 